Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This happened to me a couple of weeks ago, and I've just gotten new information that I was trying to process. I'm a 14-year-old female, and I go on bike rides mostly in the evening, and I usually at the end of my rides go in a big circle around my neighborhood. Now, I usually see a man in his 50s walking his dog, a collie. I would typically bike past him, but for some reason that day, I had told him his dog was really beautiful and then I just went on with my ride. About 15 minutes later when the sun had set, he had stopped me in front of his house and asked me something. I answered him and then we got to talking. Later on in the conversation, he asked me what street I lived on. Stupidly, I told him. Then he went on to ask my age, school, and which grade I was going into. I ended up telling him and even to this day, I don't know why, but he did seem like a nice guy. A little while later, he had told me the woods behind his house leads to the mall, even though the mall isn't even in that direction, and also how it wasn't even woods, it was more like a wooded area. I had got some red flags raised, but I played it cool, and my mom wanted me home, so I said bye to him. After I got home, I had told my parents everything that happened and the encounter with the man. And as you can imagine, they told me to stay away from him. A few weeks later goes by, and my mama told my next door neighbor, and she ended up doing a search for pedophiles in her neighborhood. And he was on the list. As it turns out, he was a pediatrician, and he was convicted in four states. One charge being assault against a child under 12. Yeah, that really scared the hell out of me after I found that out. If you've ever been to Walt Disney World, you know that it's known as the happiest place on earth. And for me, I can say that it was like that during the few years I was a pass holder. I'm not a pass holder anymore due to reasons unrelated to this story. There's one night though that I was at the Magic Kingdom in Tomorrowland that I won't ever forget. Magic Kingdom in Tomorrowland was also my favorite part of the park. I must let you know at the time that I wasn't able to go to Disney every week like I go to the Orlando theme parks, as this incident occurred before I even started driving. As you can tell, yeah, I was a minor, and I was very young when this happened. This occurrence gave me something to talk about for a while, in terms of a strange encounter that is. I also have a mentor whom I still currently live with, as he's helped me with a lot of things in life ever since I was 14 years old. And this happened when I was a few years older, but I can't remember what exact age I was when this happened. So here I was enjoying a wonderful night in the Magic Kingdom when I decided to try out the Tomorrowland Speedway at night. I was really young when I did it during the daytime, when my family took a little trip down there. But once I got older, 
I had really loved doing things like this at night, so I decided to give it a shot. I was completely unaware of what was about to occur that made me enjoy my experience a lot less than I was expecting. So I got in line to do a night ride on this attraction, and the line wasn't too long, but there was a good amount of people in line to ride. I was really just taking it all in, as nighttime at the Magic Kingdom, especially in Tomorrowland, was truly breathtaking. I then happened to notice an average man who was kind of tall. The most distinguishing feature of this man was that he had no right arm. Now, there could be many reasons as to how he could have lost it, but that's besides the point. As soon as he saw me looking at him, which was only a few seconds after I got in line, he had a look of pure hatred on his face. He was pissed. I wasn't even sure why he was angry that I noticed him, but as soon as he saw me, he pushed his way through the crowd in order to reach me. I knew at that moment that he was going to do something, or at least say something to me. He didn't harm me in any way, but as soon as he got close to me, he got extremely close to my face. My mentor was standing right next to me when this happened. I don't remember the exact words of what he said, but he did threaten to punch my head off, and he called me a prick. Keep in mind that this was in the middle of public. Everybody looked shocked, but they didn't say anything, as to not irritate this guy further, I guess. After he had said those few words to me, he left the line, and I never saw that same man again. My mentor was confused as to what he said to me, as he had an international accent, but the guy had yelled to me in a quiet tone of voice. I then asked my mentor if I can let a cast member know what happened out of an abundance of caution, because I had really wondered if this guy would actually do what he said he was going to do to me, or at the very least threaten someone else. He told me that I shouldn't worry about it, and that we'll let Disney security know about it after the ride. When we reached the cast member, I honestly wish I could have told her the incident that just occurred but I was quiet about it. I can't honestly imagine how the people behind me felt about witnessing this. I'm sure they were speechless. I'm not quite sure if the people behind me actually told the cast member about the occurrence, but I'm glad this encounter didn't last for long. The ride was pretty spectacular at night. However, the memory of what previously occurred had occupied my mind through the entire ride. Once I got off the attraction, I went to the guest services to let them know of this man. The cast member told us that he can get a security card to walk us out of the park, in case anything else happened, as the park was getting ready to close for the night. As with all other stories, nothing else happened, and I didn't spot the man, as there was a whole crowd of people leaving the park around us. I've always wondered if this guy came to Disney just to start trouble. But it's really scary to think of what would have happened if he had actually gotten physical with me for no reason if I was at the park all alone. I'm glad that didn't happen. I'm a female from the UK. This encounter took place 25 years ago when I was in my first year of university. I've heard countless stories of encounters with creeps, and I can always relate to the females in these stories whenever they felt intimidated and didn't feel they could say anything. Unfortunately, I've never been very assertive, something I continue to struggle with, and I'm naturally painfully shy. 
more so when I was younger. At the time of this encounter, I was studying at university in the north of England, but my parents were living in London. Every so often, I would catch the coach to London for the weekend because it was cheaper than taking the train. The journey usually took around four hours, sometimes longer depending on the traffic. As such, I always felt anxious about who I would end up sitting next to. Occasionally, I would be lucky and I would end up with a double seat to myself, but the majority of the time, whenever someone did sit next to me, they were usually friendly and considerate and we would often end up chatting, which always helped to make a long and boring journey more pleasurable. Unfortunately, this particular journey turned into something of a nightmare. It was a bank holiday, and I had traveled to London to spend the long weekend with my parents. On that Monday afternoon, my father accompanied me to the main coach station to catch the coach back up to Sheffield. The coach station is always very busy, and normally passengers wait by the relevant gate for their coach. When all the seats are occupied, passengers end up standing in a huddle or sometimes sit by another gate, so it isn't always possible to tell who will be boarding your coach. Ordinarily, I would observe the other passengers waiting, and I think it's natural to mentally differentiate between who you would like sitting next to you and who you wouldn't want sitting next to you. On this particular day, I was chatting to my father. I didn't pay much attention to who else was queuing up for my coach. When it was time to board, my father and I said our goodbyes, and I settled myself into a window seat. When it seemed that the majority of the passengers had boarded, I said to myself, Okay, so far so good. Unfortunately, my luck soon ran out when a man who must have been in his late 20s or early 30s took a seat next to me. I noticed that when he boarded the coach, he was chatting to another man who was of similar age, and it was obvious that they knew one another. But while the other man slipped into the double seat behind me, this guy took a seat next to me. I did think that this was very odd, but me being not very assertive, I didn't say anything. From the moment he sat down next to me, he had started chatting with me. He seemed very confident and sure of himself. He told me all about himself and what he was doing in Sheffield, and proceeded to bombard me with questions. I tried to keep my answers brief and not reveal too much about myself. Also did not encourage him to keep chatting to me, but he didn't take the hint. The questions soon became more personal and intrusive in nature, and some of the things he said to me were, well, very odd. He asked me who the man was who'd been waiting with me at the coach station. I replied that it was my father. Immediately, I realized that this guy had been watching me at the coach station. I hadn't even noticed him, but clearly he noticed me. He must have been wondering if my father would be traveling with me, or if I would be traveling alone. He then started complimenting my appearance and the way that I was dressed, and he told me that I obviously made an effort with my appearance and brushed my hair. Yeah, I thought that was really weird. He said that most girls looked quite unkempt. For the record, I dressed very conservatively at the time, and I always wore long skirts. I was always covered up, probably too much, and I never dressed in any way that could encourage anyone to be inappropriate or give someone the impression that I was seeking male attention. Hell, my friends even joked that I could have stepped out of the Edwardian era. All the while he was talking, 
I was racking my brains trying to think of a way to shut him down so that he would just stop talking to me. I surreptitiously tried to crane my neck to see if there was an available seat somewhere, but I wasn't sure how I was going to do this without causing some sort of a scene. Not only was this guy being intrusive and inappropriate with his questions, he was also overbearing and intense. There was something very possessive about his manner, as if he felt that he had a claim to me. He seemed to be completely oblivious to my obvious discomfort, and even if he had realized that his behavior was making me feel uncomfortable, he very obviously didn't care. He asked me if I had a boyfriend, and I foolishly said no. I remembered that I took a course book in my bag, and I hit upon the brainwave of telling him that I had to do some reading because I had an exam the following day, which was actually true. This seemed to shut him up a bit, but then I realized that I desperately needed the bathroom. I tried holding on for as long as possible, but there was still another hour and a half to go. I stood up and told him that I was going to go to the bathroom, and instead of standing up in order to allow me to pass, he simply swiveled round to the side so that I ended up brushing past his legs, which made me feel very icky. Normally, I would do anything to avoid visiting the tiny cramped coach toilet, and I would get out of there as soon as possible, but I was so thankful for some respite from this guy's clutches that I stayed in there as long as I was able to, thankful for the time that I had away from him. I would have preferred to stay in there for the rest of the journey rather than returning to my seat had it been possible. Making my way back to my seat, I glanced around at the other passengers. The coach was pretty full, and there were one or two available seats, but people had put their bags on them. I did think about approaching a kindly-looking lady to explain the situation, but it was so awkward because the creep would have heard me, as the whole coach probably. On my way back to my seat, I spotted that the guy was now sitting next to the man he boarded the coach with, and they were chatting away in another language and laughing. This confirmed to me that they definitely knew each other. I naively sighed with relief, thinking that he was finally going to leave me with some peace and sit with his friend. But as soon as he clocked me, he leaped up and he allowed me to get back into my seat before taking the seat next to me again. I couldn't believe it. Suffice it to say, the seat next to his friend had been free the entire journey, so at any given point he could have joined him. He should have sat next to him in the first place. I spent the rest of the journey silently, willing the driver to get there as soon as possible. When we were about 10 minutes away, the guy produced a piece of paper and a pen, and he had asked me to write down my number. He said that we should go out one evening. I thought to myself, will this shit ever end? I really didn't know what to do. Thankfully, I had the good sense to give him the wrong number with one digit out. I didn't even have a mobile at the time, so he wasn't able to call and check that I'd given him the correct number. I was staying in a halls of residence, and we had a communal phone in our corridor, but there was no way that I was giving this creep the correct number. Finally, we had arrived in Sheffield, and I was so relieved. I had practically leaped off the coach at this point. I actually felt like I'd been released from prison. I'd been trapped in this guy's clutches for four hours. I finally felt like I could breathe. Unfortunately, I had to queue up for my bag, so I wasn't able to grab it and run. I was hoping that the guy had gone, but while I was waiting, 
the brazen creep approached me and then planted a kiss on my cheek. All I could think about was that the other passengers would think that I was with him. I was hoping that he wouldn't try and get me to go for a drink with them, but he said that he would call me that very evening before going off with his friend. Thankfully, however, I got back to my hall safely, having taken a taxi. I felt so relieved to be back. My friends were horrified when I told them about my experience. Having endured such an unpleasant journey, I derived some small sense of satisfaction thinking about him calling an incorrect number because I'm certain that he would have called. Thinking about this experience now makes me shudder. It's very obvious that this guy targeted me from the outset before we'd even boarded the coach. He and his friend had planned it and they were probably even laughing about it. I've never heard of someone deciding to sit next to a random stranger rather than joining their friend. It makes me wonder how I would act if I found myself in that same situation now, now that I'm older, but not much wiser. I'd like to think that I would probably ask him why he wasn't sitting next to his friend, and that I'd kick up a fuss if he insisted on sitting next to me, telling him that I would move if he didn't. It really makes my blood boil thinking of creeps having designs on innocent young girls who are completely unaware. They always seem to know exactly who to target, usually the females who are very unlikely to tell them where to go. My advice to any young female who's traveling alone is to always be aware of your surroundings, and if someone's making you feel uncomfortable or unsafe, move if you can, or at least speak to another passenger or to the driver if possible. I know how difficult it can be to speak up and tell someone where to go, but it's far better to be rude and safe than polite and end up in the clutches of an undesirable. Stay safe out there. I have several stories that I'd like to share. This one revolves around one of my older sisters who we'll call Anne. Anne is several years older than me, but we've always been close and she's always been there for me, protecting me. We also have two brothers and a sister who are both older than us. This is an unsettling event that happened when I was really small and Anne was in elementary school. One of our aunts and her kids were living with us at the time. Anne would walk to school with our cousins who were around her age. They would get up, eat cereal, and watch some TV before walking across the street to school. All of our parents had already gone to work. I was with a babysitter, and our cousins didn't want to be late, so they all left. Anne would wait until the end of the show before exiting out of the sliding back door, going around the house, and heading to school. When she had stepped outside this day, she saw a thin man jumping the fence, and he started walking right towards her. She quickly ran back inside, closing the glass door and locking it. The man banged on the glass, telling her to open it. When she refused, he told her if she didn't open it, he would kill Martha and Dylan, who was our older brother and sister. Anne ran to the phone, then called my aunt and uncle that didn't live too far away. They told her to go hide until they got there. She hid in our parents' room, and it didn't take them long to get there, but the man was already gone at this point. My sister was very scared by this. She didn't stay behind anymore after that. She's told me this story several times over the years, and it still terrifies me. It might not seem that scary, 
But at the time, there were 12 kids living in that house. Me, my siblings, and cousins. How did he know who to threaten? How did he know what time to hop the fence? Was he targeting my sister? I feel like he was. And even more unnerving. I don't think it was the only time he went after her. So anyways, a few years later, we had moved into a large two-story house. Our aunt and cousins were still living with us, and the bigger house gave us more room. My mom and aunt had been feeling uneasy in the new larger house, so my mom had both me and aunt sleep in my parents' room. We were snuggled comfortably between my mom and dad. My mom felt something on the bed, and then woke up. She had saw a shadow leaning over my sister. Thinking it was her imagination, she reached out, and she wrapped her hand around its wrist. Realizing it was a real person, she started to scream. But before my dad could get up, the shadow had jerked his hand away and then ran out of the room. My parents then shouted for my aunt, telling her what just happened and that he was still somewhere in the house. They all began searching. My aunt opened up my older brother's room door and saw him asleep under his blanket and what she assumed was one of her boys, Frank, lying across the foot of the bed. She then closed the door and moved on. A few minutes later, my dad woke up my brother and told him what happened and to get my other male cousins to help search. My aunt asked my brother where Frank was. My brother said he was staying the night at another relative's house, but my aunt said no because she had just seen him on my brother's bed. My brother then called my other aunt's house to confirm that Frank was indeed staying the night at their house, which he was. He even spoke to my brother on the phone to find out what was going on. So who the hell was lying on my brother's bed? We still don't know. How did he get in and out of the house? Again, no idea. Who was this creepy man risking a full house of people to get to my sister? It's been about 30 years, and we still have no idea who this guy was. Everyone thinks that these two encounters were separate. I think some creep was obsessed with my sister. Even now when we go to places, I find myself watching people who take notice of my sister. She's always been petite, and she's only 4 foot 10 inches as an adult. I think she's as cute as a button. She's tough. She's had to be. I mean with being smaller than almost everyone else. I know that she can handle herself, but I'm still going to protect her like she's always protected me. For about a year now, I've been living and working at a funeral home. This is very common for funeral homes, since typically they need someone to answer calls at all hours. As one might expect, my partner and I have experienced some really strange occurrences while staying here. We tend to attract very strange people, especially since the funeral home is located in a not very nice part of town, literally next to a crack house. It's not uncommon for people who are on drugs to come wandering in. A few months ago, I was working in the office by myself. My coworkers had just left when I had heard some footsteps towards the office. The front and back doors have sensors that ring when opened, but I didn't hear either, so I assumed one of my coworkers was coming back to grab something they had forgotten and went through one of the locked employee entrances. I turned around in my seat expecting to see my coworker but I instead make eye contact with a man that I didn't recognize. 
He was a shorter man with long, tangly hair, and he seemed very disheveled. Due to the state of his clothes, I assumed that he was maybe homeless and just looking for a place that he could use the bathroom. I tend to try to not be so judgmental of those based on appearances, or whether they're homeless, but I did start to get anxious. How did this man get in without the door ringing? I asked him if I could help him with anything. He just stared at me for a moment, before then whispering to me and looking around. I began to get a little more nervous, since I am a tiny lady and I was all alone with this man. I told him that I was sorry, but that I didn't think I would be able to help him. The man then shushed me and blew me a kiss. This creeped me out even more. The man kept whispering, putting his finger up to his lips to shush me, and then blew me even more kisses. I started freaking out even more now because I had no idea what the fuck he wanted or why he was blowing me kisses. Thankfully, he walked off into the bathroom, which gave me the chance to run into the back room and call my partner, who was thankfully upstairs. I texted my neighbor as well, who also lived and worked in the building. My partner came downstairs, and I also called the cops just in case, since I was very paranoid and also unsure if this person had a weapon. My partner stayed by the bathroom door while I hid out in the office still. The man came out of the bathroom, and my partner then told him that he needed to leave. He completely ignored that and just went back into the bathroom. Periodically, he would peek his head out of the bathroom to see if my partner was still there or if it was just me. Eventually, my neighbor and her partner arrived as well and also assisted us in trying to make this man leave. He clearly did not just need to use the restroom, and we were really worried that he was either planning to do something malicious or he was doing drugs in the bathroom. I was especially paranoid that he might overdose in our bathroom if he really was taking drugs in there. My partner ended up just opening the door on him since it wasn't locked, and the man was fully nude, actually trying to bathe in the sink. They shut the door, and they told him once again that he really needed to leave. After about 15 minutes, the man finally came out, and we were able to lead him to the front door, and he left. Thank God. I thanked my neighbors for coming down and helping out with this situation, since the cops literally never showed up. They rarely ever show up when we call. I looked around the building just to make sure nothing was damaged and that he didn't get into anything that he shouldn't have, like the cooler downstairs, for example. Thankfully, however, everything seemed untouched besides the mess in the bathroom. I also found one of the back doors wide open, which was very creepy because that door is always locked. I know that this could have gone way worse, but I'm very thankful that it didn't. But I gotta say, it still does give me the creeps. It scares me to think about how he was in the building for God knows how long, and how he kept fucking blowing me kisses. I have absolutely no idea what his intentions were, but I'm just hoping he was trying to find a place to clean himself up, and that he didn't actually have something worse planned for me. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night, everyone. And remember, to always, stay.